Hi, this is Shannon from Mindakani Yoga. Our yoga practice is more than just what we do on our mats. It's also about how we live our lives. This podcast will share with you some stories and opinions from different people who I have had the pleasure of meeting and talking to. Oh, well, hello. I'm sitting in my kitchen to record this, and I haven't got the kids up yet. That will be happening pretty soon, and then we will start the crazy journey of trying to get everyone doing their schoolwork, which has been hella fun, enjoying every moment. Both me and my husband and the kids were loving it. Right now it's super quiet in here, but at any given moment you could hear the dog bark or my cats chasing each other and hissing at each other because they... My one cat is like super old. She's like 19. My other cat is one. And he wants to play and she really does not. So there's a lot of interesting banter between them. Anyways... This podcast is a conversation that I had with Nikki Crone. Nikki works at the Lambton College, um, and she teaches an introduction to mental health to students there, and she is a registered social worker. She worked for a long time in, we we talk about it in more detail in the podcast, but um, in, uh, with people who are struggling with addiction at the hospital, Um, and I don't know what this quarantine has been like for you, but I have been, uh, I have not had a single drop of alcohol in, it will be three years this summer. And when everything started to get crazy and the grocery stores started to be empty, it was the first time since I quit drinking that I really wanted a drink. Um, I didn't have one. And, um, I know I've had many um, good-intentioned people say to me um, in the past or within recent history, oh, I'm sure you could have one drink. I'm sure you could have a little to drink. I might be able to, but uh, drinking has never been awesome for me um, because once I get drinking, I don't stop drinking. Uh, So it's not like I was ever the... Uh, person who drank every day. Um, that was never what it was like for me. Um, I actually didn't even drink very frequently. I might only have drank once a month, maybe not even. Uh, but when I did drink, it was not unlikely that I could drink a whole case of beer. Uh, everything that I've ever done in life, I do all in. And that drinking is like that too. The last time that I got drunk, I ended up in the mental health inpatient ward for two weeks. So it's not worth it for me to even have just one drink, even when everything is super stressful and hard and a little bit uh, uncertain because we have no answers of how long this is going to last for. So my talk with Nikki is um, to talk about some of that. Um, And then also in the show notes, there will be a a bunch of links to a lot of services that are available online if you, like me, are in recovery. And if you maybe wanted some support at this time. 
I'm going to go before my house gets noisy and I'll leave you to listen to the talk. I hope that you have a great day. Hello? Hello. Okay. It is recording. How are you today? I'm fantastic. And how are you today? Very good. Good. So I'm talking to Nikki right now, one of my wonderful friends. And Hi, everyone. We had had a conversation um, previously. I was doing some work online with Nikki for some restorative yoga. And in our conversations, something came up that I thought would be um, interesting to put in the podcast. So before we get into it, why don't I just, Nikki, why don't I just let you explain what your, uh, what your job entitles, like what you're doing now and what you've done before? Sure. Um, so again, my name's Nikki. I had worked in the field of mental health and addictions for approximately 15 years uh, before I made my move over to Lambton College, where I work in SCWI. Uh, so now at present, I am teaching a mental health course to students who are working on completing their grade 12 um, and still kind of um, working a bit in addictions. I have been, or sorry, I'm a, I am a registered social worker um, as well as uh, working towards my master's degree in adult education. That's amazing. So you worked, you said you worked in addictions, addiction services for like 15 years. Is that what you said? Well, it started as a correctional officer at Grand Valley uh, to a federal prison for women in Kitchener, then moved over to um, the Blue Water Methadone Clinic, which I was there for years. Um, following that, I left the Blue Water Methadone Clinic and was part of the rollout team for withdrawal management of Blue Water Health. Uh, and then after that... After that, I was working at probation, primarily with um, probationers who were living with addictions. That's a lot of experience. That must be like incredibly challenging, like like challenging work, but probably some pretty rewarding stuff comes out of that. Absolutely. Uh, the days that we have successes in the field are the days that we celebrate and the days that we don't have uh, specific successes in the field, we say we've got tomorrow again. Yeah. Well, I guess that's one of the it's not linear. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. That's very true. So one of the things that I have been like fairly open about um on like my social media and stuff like that and, and within the con like within the confines of our studio is that I have uh I don't drink alcohol I've been sober now for this summer will be three years but I've been incredible sober. Shannon that's incredible oh I love it uh I'm I, I actually um like I it's an enjoyable I'm enjoying my life so much more now than I did when I drank that's incredible nice so everyone's addictive personalities are totally like it's so unique to each person so yes. when i stopped drinking i just stopped drinking cold turkey but i was never uh so like my alcoholism was more like binge drinking right so 
I was never a daily drinker. I probably only drank sometimes, maybe not even once a month. Like I I wasn't, I was never a drinker that drank um, frequently. But when I did drink, it was not uncommon for me because I could drink a case of beer. Right. It's it's just not, pardon? It's excessive. Yeah. Very excessive. So it was, I mean, most of my friends who've known me forever, like I was usually one of the drunkest people everywhere that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it became a problem. So, um, when I was admitted to the, um, to the inpatient ward, the mental health inpatient ward, uh, at that time, uh, I decided it wasn't in my best interest to drink anymore. So I stopped right. and it really, um, I'm, I'm fairly fortunate that it hasn't actually been an extremely difficult transition for me because I didn't, maybe because I didn't drink all the time, Right. but with all of the stress of everything that's happening right now, I came home from work the other day at the studio and it was the first time since I quit drinking that I was like, I have, I don't know if I've ever wanted to drink that much in my whole time. So, well, to be honest, I think it's probably the first time I've actually even wanted to drink and it mm-hmm. was an intense, it was an intense feeling. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. so we had kind of talked and um about that and just like and briefly discuss like there's got to be other people that are in different stages of recovery who maybe right now because of the levels of stress that we're dealing in it's so unprecedented and there's it's not even like um you know basically the whole country is just in a state of like suspension like we're like no one knows like there's no timelines there's no answers and it's scary and stressful. So I'm sure that there everything, are other people. Everything is so unsure right now. Yeah. And I feel like if you, um, when we are feeling so out of control, it, it could just be a, a free-for-all. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And and so I, I know that for me, like, you know, eventually that, um, that intense craving for a drink passed and and then it was fine and I haven't had it since but we had a conversation about that there has to be um some sort of supports available online and absolutely um, and so I know that I have you gave me all of the information so that I can put in the show notes for this um yeah about that but then you had also, I'd also talk to you about maybe if you could just speak about some ways that people can maybe handle these feelings until they can get connected with someone to help them online. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can do that. So something that, uh, something that I want to talk about, like I want to start off with is the fact that we're all in isolation. So we are stuck with nothing but time on our hands. Something we know about addictions is that if we have time on our hands, uh, we are more likely to want to indulge in risky behaviors. So look at smoking, for example. If you you ask a smoker um, if they smoke more when they're bored or when they're busy, their answer is going to be when they're bored. The reason being is because they've got idle hands and that's just what they do, right? Yes. So when we talk about isolation, it's 
this is essentially somebody who's in recovery's worst fear. This is the worst situation that they could could possibly be in, um, it, being stuck in their own heads. Essentially, it may it may have nothing to do with the fact that we've got nothing but time. Um, it might bring back memories. Like there's so many different variations of why isolation is challenging. So during this challenging time, we may be experiencing a lot of stress, anxiety, some symptoms of depression and fear because nobody has any idea what's going on. Um, and with these emotions, it's common to feel completely uncomfortable. When we feel uncomfortable, that's usually when we want to reach for whatever our addiction might be. Maybe it's online gambling. Maybe it's smoking. Maybe it's uh, alcohol. Maybe it's substances. Uh, there, there's so many different forms of addiction. Gaming, that's a huge one right now. So yeah. when, we're, when we're feeling uncomfortable, that's what we want to do. We just want to indulge in the things that are going to make us numb to, to what we're feeling instead of coping kind of with our, um, with the emotions that we're feeling. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got, there's some, there's some stuff that we can do, I guess, basically in, in coping. Are we going to be, um, are things going to be as accessible? Maybe not. But things that we can do in our own lives that might make things a little bit easier is uh, things like having keeping your routine. Um, I don't know about you, Shan. Well, you've got the yoga studio, and I know that the yoga studio isn't doing classes right now. Uh, for me, working at uh, at the college, I um, I am working from home right now, but I still get up. I still get up. I'm up at six o'clock. I still, um, I get up, I shower, I get dressed, I put makeup on. Like I, I literally get ready for my day, even though nobody may even see me that day. Yeah. So though, though you may not be heading to work or meetings as you usually would, it's not a bad idea to try to get up as if you were going to work. Um, I love that. I've been, I've been doing ahead. that every day too. And it's so incredible because I don't have to get any kids ready for school. So it's like, <laughs> the most stress-free getting ready I've ever done in my life it feels so it's like before I had kids so it's refreshing oh, isn't it yes <laughs> I love that some people might get up and have have coffee and breakfast like we we need to plan things when from the beginning like from as soon as we get up in the morning we need to know what we've got going on in our day and that will help kind of uh, settle us into into that old routine again even though it's kind of a, a new routine right uh, we still have responsibilities to keep. And the most important piece to all of this is understanding and acknowledging that we still have a purpose. Yes. This can sometimes get lost when we're not getting up and going to work every day. Um, and then this is when um, all the emotions start to come from kind of the pit of our stomach, if that makes sense. Yes, it totally does. Uh, the, second, the second thing that I wanted to touch on was uh, the importance of self-care. I'm not talking manis and petties and massages and all of that stuff. When we talk about self-care, like it just has to be something that makes you feel good. So it could be something as simple as like a chat with a friend. Like Shan, after you and I spent some time together last week, it was like, oh my goodness, it feels so good to be able to talk to somebody um, in real time, to see your face and to, to work together. Like that felt so good. Um, yeah. Things like having a bath. Maybe you want to start working out. Hey, when's a better time to start? Um, there's tons of resources uh, that we can we can use. And I mean, if you've got if you've got body weight um, and a timer, you can you can manage a workout. Absolutely. Um, sometimes listening to your favorite podcast. Maybe it's this one. 
Um, eating a snack that you love. Okay, so you shouldn't probably be eating that caramel bar. Do it. <laughs> right? Practice yeah. mindfulness. Be conscious. Like, look around the room. See the things that you see. Smell the things that you smell. And actually observe them for a change. Um, a game or two of solitaire. Uh, whatever and whatever else might make you feel good so for me I find that uh, I clean most when I'm feeling stressed or anxious so um, this has been a very beneficial time when it comes to going through my daughter's stuff trying to purge a little bit um, going through boxes um, you know you you always got that box or two that sits either like under your bed or in a closet that it's just stuff you're hanging on to get rid of it Dude, that is the epitome of what is happening in my house right now. Like room <laughs> by room, everything that we haven't done in the last few years because we've been working so much and so friggin' busy is like getting done. <laughs> exactly. It, what, what better time to do it? You've got time on your hands. You might as well. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Absolutely. Um, something else, uh, journaling. Some people love journaling. Some people hate journaling. But most people don't really know what it means to journal. So I'm not saying that you need to have your little diary that has a little lock on it where you write your most personal things. Um, what I'm saying is that we, we can write letters to friends. Maybe. maybe you've got something you wanted to say to a friend that you never had the opportunity to. Um, letters to your kids or family members to talk about this experience and what it was like for you. Maybe a letter to yourself for you to read in 10 years about how low gas prices are, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, just simple things that we can, um, that can help us kind of organize our thoughts a little bit. Um, I know that, like, I mean, every time I pass the gas station, it's like, oh my goodness, I should fill up everything gas that I can. It's like half of what it was last summer, right? Um, evidence proves that if we are able to put things on paper, we are less likely to stress over them later on. Oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah. So maybe now's the time to try it. Um, something else with, uh, with this whole COVID-19 crisis that we're in is the importance of connection. Um, yeah, we can't be there physically with our families uh, necessarily if we're maybe close to um, aunts and uncles, that sort of thing. Connection is what drives humans. Even an introvert needs to feel connected on some way or another. So do what we can to stay connected uh, to the healthy people, of course. Uh, given that we're talking about um, talking about addictions, we know very well those contacts in our phones that are going to lead us back down a pathway that may not be in our best interest. So make sure the people that you are staying connected with are are your people, are the people that have been there for you, are the people that have supported you. Um, this might be a good time actually to, to make that phone call instead of sending that text. Uh, maybe a coffee date via FaceTime. I just got an invite this morning uh, via text that um, Cards for Humanity is going virtual. So I've Shut got... the front door, that's... <laughs> right. So I got uh, there's six of us that are going to get together uh, this Thursday and play um, Cards of Humanity. Like it's it's, That's it's something to do. I played Kahoot last night with 400 people through the Twisted Arm. Um, it was named oh that too. Gosh. That's hilarious. 
right? It was just, it was through their Facebook page. So these kinds of things help us to stay connected and help us feel like we can still have those laughs and share those good times, right? Um, so again, back to back to meeting people for coffee, like your bestie or your sponsor, maybe you've had a sponsor through, um, through AA or NA sponsorship. Um, maybe having that, um, that face-to-face conversation, even though it's over your phone, it's helpful because it makes you feel like somebody's actually there. As humans, yeah. we need connections to thrive. And now might be the best time to step out of your comfort zone by actually making the phone call, right? Um, if you're on social media, have messenger dates with your friends. There's all sorts of like funny faces that you can put yourself into if you're feeling uncomfortable. Um, my brother lives uh, in, in Nicaragua and uh, he, he owns a surf camp down there. So the conversations that we have are usually over um, over messenger, but it, it's still it's kind of the same idea as being isolated, um, yeah. and it, it's helpful. Like it's it's just helpful to see that person's face by having that conversation. Um, something, sorry, Shannon, give me one sec. Something to be said about social media is all of the baloney that's on there right now. Be conscious about what you're reading. Be conscious about the validity of it um, and be conscious with how much time you're spending on all of the stuff that doesn't really matter. Yes. Right now, there's so much news out there, so many updates on COVID-19. Absolutely stay updated. But I caution you to try to limit um, how much how much you're listening to or how much you're reading. Um, it seems to be changing and evolving as the days go by so just um just know that the level of toxicity uh when we're stressed in our body increases drastically so be aware of how much time you're spending uh learning about you know i guess COVID 19 essentially or even the toxic people that you have on facebook like shannon would you say that you've ever had toxic people on your social media yes <laughs> I did uh, a little while ago, and I would even say this, not necessarily even things that were toxic because the intention behind them was bad or because the people were bad, but like, it just wasn't maybe great for my mental health. Like exactly. I followed, uh, there was a couple like yoga teachers I followed that like basically live out in the rainforest in these little huts and practice yoga all day, every day. And it is so the opposite of what my life is like living in a house with four kids and being uh, fairly busy and feeling like my life can be chaotic sometimes. Yeah. I think that the intention when I followed these people was that it was so nice to see like this pretty location. And, but then I found that it was just like, I wasn't, it did backfire. It like made me be resentful that yep. I was so busy with my kids and that like I couldn't just have this beautiful practice outside with no one bugging me that I, like so even though there was nothing toxic about the people or what they were posting like even just my reaction to it was so bad yeah within my the way that my brain processed it that I had to start like I just started unfollowing and cleaning up my social media like yeah I only look at read pay attention to things that I find inspiring and uplifting. Yep. And um, from sources that I know are responsible with their information. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
So, yeah. so valid people giving you the information or them it coming from valid resources um, and things that make you feel good. Shannon and I have talked in the past uh, a lot about the belly brain and how, how the belly brain affects your overall well-being. Um, I know Shannon uses it in yoga practice. I use it with my um, mental health classes. If it doesn't feel good in your belly, get rid of it. Yeah. You've got, it's got no purpose in your life. It's not doing anything to benefit your life or make things feel better. So get rid of it. Easier said than done, but what better time to do a cleanup than when we're stuck in isolation? Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. There's, there's two other topics that I kind of wanted to touch on. Um, one being nature. Being outdoors today, if you listen to this podcast today, was a beautiful morning. The sun was shining. Um, it still is beautiful out. It's warm-ish, like not really winter coat anyway. Um, spending yeah. time outside gives us the opportunity to literally take that breath, breath of fresh air. Uh, try to dedicate some time to be outside every single day, no matter what the weather is. Uh, jump in puddles. Yeah. Be silly. Try to find things that nature has left behind, like cool things like rocks and branches, and get creative. Um, as a reminder, maybe Mother Nature is leaving these things behind for you to pick up. Uh, and it could be a healing and beautiful reminder of the challenges that we were able to overcome through this crisis. Um, there's people doing things such as there's people doing things like in my community and Shannon's community as well. Um, a couple of days ago was positive affirmations. So when you drive around town here in the windows, you see people saying, we've got this, we're in this together. Um, positive and uplifting things that remind us that the whole world's kind of experiencing this right now. Uh, um, and this gives us that, that pos positivity, those things to look forward to. A couple of days ago, I brought my four-year-old uh, around town to do a, a teddy bear hunt. So what we were doing, we were looking at houses that had stuffed, stuffed teddy bears in their front windows. Uh, so she was counting the teddy bears. Um, there's, so there's just like an ongoing theme to try to help connect people uh, who aren't physically able to be, or who are not able to be physically in contact. Yeah. That's Get outside. Awesome. Yes. Did you open your oh, windows, yeah. Shannon? All of my windows are open. We are like in, uh, I'm like, I, I'll have to share this video at some point. It was like this like imitation uh, of a mom like organizing and cleaning the house during this pandemic and yeah. it's legitimately me so <laughs> I like I I have like obsessive compulsive like I don't have obsessive compulsive disorder but I have obsessive compulsive tendencies and yep. when my anxiety levels are higher my obsessive compulsive tendencies are so Increase. much more pronounced so, yep. so like every window in my house is open like rooms are getting painted every door and everything is getting cleaned out my basement got clean like yeah <laughs> <laughs> every single thing is happening <laughs> that's amazing though you're gonna feel so accomplished when this is all over yeah my husband's <laughs> loving his life right now <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not always joyful cleaning though because it's like from that like anxiety drive yep. so it's like sometimes a little bit spazzy where I'm like ah oh, you're not cleaning like come on let's keep moving why are people sitting down they're like well, mom we're just we just want to eat we didn't eat lunch yet I'm like oh, eat and then like it gets so my husband's pretty good at 
at making jokes or comments that remind me that I'm being a little bit excessive. <laughs> and then I can take a breath and try to gather myself and calm down a bit. <laughs> so, but it's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's amazing that you can recognize that um, when you're being over the top, and it's awesome that uh, you guys can have that kind of communication at home too, right? Again, people, it's all about connection. Yeah. Um, the last topic I wanted to touch on was reminders. So, like these positive affirmations, for example, that we see around town, having those kinds of things in your house. They're always helpful in recovery. It's like that reminder of why you're doing this, why you're getting sober and why you've made the decision to um, to, to take a step forward into recovery. Um, you have or you're considering sobriety for a reason, right? So now is a good time to recognize those reasons, whether recognizing them on paper, talking to people who may have been on this journey with you and helped you through, or by simply saying them out loud to yourself, it's been proven effective to have those conversations with yourself as long as you're not re um, replying to yourself, of course, right? Yeah. Um, maybe maybe even beginning like a mantra. So given Shannon's um, love for yoga, we, we, we talk about mantras all the time. So to say it out loud every day and start a new mantra of your own as a reminder in the morning of how you're going to get through the rest of the day. Um, it's so critical that we keep reminding ourselves what the path to recovery looks like, the work that you've put in to get to where you are, um, or the work that you plan to put in to get to where you want to be. Those kinds of things are are super critical when it comes to um, when it comes to these kinds these challenging times. Like there's, I don't think you could talk to one person that is not um, feeling the insecurities or feeling um, maybe afraid or anxious about what's next in in all of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it's one of those, one of the rare times where like everyone's uncertain, everyone's nervous, everyone's, everyone's pretty much in the same spot, right? Like we're just kind absolutely. of all keep like hanging out, <laughs> waiting yeah. to see what happens. Exactly. That's exactly right. And sometimes it's a pretty uncomfortable place to be. Mm -hmm. So a couple, a couple final thoughts um, that I would like to to share is first off and most importantly you're not alone uh there's always people available to reach out to it's just a matter of of making that effort to reach out um there's always access to support even though right now things are you know a little bit uh, more difficult to to have like you obviously can't have a face-to-face -face meeting with with people those kinds of things um but like shannon just said this is a challenging time for everyone uh especially when a person might utilize unhealthy coping strategies to help get them through. So if you're feeling those insecurities where you know that um, you could be headed back towards where you were when it comes to your addiction or your, um, not, it doesn't even have to be addiction, but if that's what you're used to doing, you come home from work and you have a glass of wine um, to cope with how difficult your day was, maybe start looking at different coping strategies. So though the temptation is there, Look at the whole picture. Is the unhealthy strategy going to be a permanent solution? Can you afford it? Will your support people continue to stand by you through another cycle? Will your body tolerate it? Do you remember how uncomfortable the withdrawals were? Um, or your family, how will you hide it from them? 
Like there's so many reasons not to continue down the path. So lastly, um, take one minute at a time. One second, if you need to, you can do this. When uh-huh. this isolation period is over, you're going to be happy that you did. Um, a craving usually lasts about 30 seconds. And in those 30 seconds, reminding yourself of the cons, it may prevent you from going down the path that you worked so hard to get out of. Uh-huh. And that's, I think that's the thing too, right? Is like when I had that, that intense desire to have a drink, it was like, in that one moment it was so overwhelming yep and then it was gone yep right like it was it literally passed like a wave Mm -hmm. it took a little bit of time and it was slow too right like it kind of like gently subsided and went away and then Mm -hmm. it was like um you know that feeling of like okay I did that Mm -hmm. like I I made it I got yep. through it sucked because that yeah but it's that uh it's one of those things too where like sometimes when you do something that's uncomfortable but you know it's the right thing whatever regardless of the circumstances even though it's hard in that moment the feeling afterwards is yep. worth that uncomfortableness to be yep. like I was stronger than that urge yep I'm in control of my life I'm yep. in control of my actions that's absolutely absolutely so if I can ask you Shan looking back in that moment when you walked in the door and that was your mouse watering for it had you had that drink what do you think you would feel like today oh I don't even know I don't know I well I would feel um I don't, you know what? It's all, it's hard. I think that personally I would feel like I let myself down. Mm -hmm. I think that that's like the biggest thing. And it's hard because people, so because I was, because my addiction plays out mostly in private Mm -hmm. and like, and it's also like drinking is really socially acceptable, right? So when yep. you're someone that only drinks occasionally and people don't actually have to see the ramifications of that night of drinking yep. and like what it does to your mental health and all of the fallout from the excessive drinking, yep. it's it's hard because I am I have had many conversations where people are like, oh my gosh, it wasn't that bad. Like you could totally have a few drinks. Right. So it's something that has been presented to me many times or like mm-hmm. you can have like one glass of wine. Well, no, actually, I can't. Like, I've never been the. I've never. I don't know. It's one of those. So I it's something where I'm constantly um, I don't think that other people would maybe be as disappointed if I did drink. I right. feel like lots of people would enjoy that. Um, yep. But but, I, but for myself personally, um, I, I know for a fact, I, um, not every time that I drank, was there a problem, but all, mm-hmm. all my biggest problems in life have come from my drinking. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Like, like there are so many times I got drunk, absolutely wasted, nothing bad happened, but I had a hangover the next day, but life was fine. But I yep. have never tried to commit suicide when I was sober. Yep. not one. So it's right. one of those things where it's like, is it worth that cycle back? 
no. Exactly. I never want to be where I was that day that I drank last. <laughs> right. Yep. And so that's like, exactly. When I, went in, when I went into the hospital, I remember like they had to do blood work and stuff like that. I was getting admitted and I have no idea what my blood alcohol level was, but I remember one of my nurses saying that my blood alcohol level was toxic. Yep. So like, it was like, it was very bluntly laid out to me that the amount of alcohol that I had in my system at the time that I was admitted to the hospital was not good. Right. Like it was, um, I actually should, should check into that at some point, just so I know. Yeah. It might be interesting to find out. So oftentimes what happens is even like, it only takes that one, that one drink, that one pill, that one line, that one, um, website, that one, it, it only takes that. And the reason that we say that is because you start to feel that regret. You start to feel that fear of what pathway you're going down again, uh, if you're going down that pathway. And again, you've got a choice because I mean, one time, if you do challenge yourself to that one time, we can consider that a lapse if you choose to say, you know what? No, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be this person anymore, right? So if we, if we can look at it and be conscious of the regret that's going to come after, uh, it, it, it gives us that, that confidence to say, yeah, you know what, I'm better than that. I don't need it. I don't want it. I want my life to be, you know, what it is now instead of what it used to be. Yeah. There's so much to it, right? Um, and right now uh, amidst uh, COVID-19, there is people available sorry there are people available and i think you're gonna you're gonna share some of these resources um things like withdrawal management withdrawal management at bluer health is the gateway to any substance use um help they're the ones that do all your assessments they're the ones that find you resources of places if you wanted residential treatment uh they do one-to-one um conversations over the phone they will do via text uh, email, whatever you're comfortable with using, obviously not face-to-face right now, um, but yeah. they are your go-to people to, to find the resources that you really need in the community right now. Uh, there's also good to, t- good to Talk, and I'm not going to go through all of these, Shannon, I, I know that you've got a list of them. Um, there is AA and NA meetings that are available online, which is always, always helpful to, to be talking to other people who are um, in, in kind of the same situation. But the two that I wanted to touch on, sorry, there's there's two websites and there's two social media sites that I would encourage people to check out. Uh, the two websites, one of them is Minds Connected. Uh, they offer resources and tools to assist with mental health. But then the other one is called Bounce Back Ontario. So this is uh, this website for, provides a free skill building program. It's beneficial for anybody to use. I think that they use it mainly in... Um, cognitive behavioral therapy, but these are tools that people can use for, for things like even just, even just a crappy day. Like these are, it's, um, it's a resource that I think anybody, whether your mind is, you know, working at its best at optimum level, or if you're feeling really down, um, Bounce Back Ontario is a fantastic resource. So those are two websites and I believe you can find them on uh, the CMHA website. Uh, or the Lambton Public Health website. Um, And then two social media resources. One of them is called I'm One in Five. So the number one in and the number five. 
a friend of mine, Polly O'Brien, he, uh, he's a mental health advocate. He's a uh, an inspirational speaker. He's just, he's great and has tons of resources on his, uh, on his Facebook page. Um, and the other one is a local friend of mine. Um, she runs Stigma Survivors. She is a mental health advocate. She has raised thousands of dollars for the mental health inpatient unit at Blue Water Health, um, as well as, as raising money for all sorts of different causes. Um, she's a social service worker graduate. She's she's just incredible. So that's the stigma survivors. She provides a ton of information on uh, her Facebook page as well. So if you're looking to reach out for those positive kind of resources, this is uh, these are all good places to start. That's amazing. I like that. It's nice to know that like we have these things available to us and. Um, you know, like I know for myself, like when I first started this, because I was uh, a, like a sporadic drinker or an occasional drinker, mm-hmm. I basically just white knuckled it. <laughs> like, right? Like, I just yeah. like, I, you know, the first, not that I, not even that I wanted to drink because I didn't, but like yeah. I had to really, um, like I had no idea idea that I had social anxiety until I went to my first big huge uh social gathering in a bar yeah when there I when I wasn't drinking and I was like I always would get whenever I was going to go out somewhere I always got like uh I always thought I was really excited (laughs) like (laughs) I don't because I would get like in the morning when I knew I had something to go to that night I would have like butterflies in my stomach and I was like well I'm like already excited to go out and then I would have to start drinking at my house before I went anywhere because I was so excited like I'm doing air quotes right now (laughs) when I I stopped having alcohol as part of my like coping mechanisms I realized like when I like that feeling of excitement as it intensified it was not it was like nervous butterflies right it was like nervousness to out into a big setting and I didn't even know that so I had Meet anxiety yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to like you know I'm I'm also fortunate that my husband's not really uh super social he's social but not like I don't know he's he's fine to leave places early <laughs> yep so it it's been it's been nice for me because I'm able to um have this person where like my husband still drinks but he's always been a very um social drinker like he doesn't drink very often and he doesn't drink very much yeah but like so he's always good to just leave things early but I did I really did have to like you know kind of like just grit my teeth and get through those those first few events that I had to go to um and I didn't think that I needed any sort of support and then when yep. I had that feeling in my kitchen, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe you do. <laughs> yep. Maybe you do. And so even if someone has been like kind of doing their sobriety on their own, yep. maybe this is a good time and a really safe feeling way to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Online, right? Absolutely. Like what's more anonymous yes. than being part of an online forum? <laughs> absolutely. Yes. For people with addictions, right? Yep. The ultimate anonymous. So, (laughs) 
maybe it's, you know, maybe um, it's one of those things where I'm like, that's going to be something that I start looking into too. So. Awesome. I, I think that's a fantastic idea. Anybody can benefit from this stuff, like without question. Having those support people are like, it makes all the difference in the world when you know that you've got a team behind you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. I am going to go back in my house. I'm hiding in my truck right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hiding in my basement, if that helps. No one in my house can ever be quiet. As soon as you say, guys, can you be quiet for one minute? I'm on, I got to be on the phone. Like, I don't have little, like with little children, I would understand. I, I always understood that, like, they don't understand the concept of like, I'm on the phone. I can't like, but my kids are big and they understand that I'm on the phone and that I can <laughs> hear them. They just don't seem to remember or right. you know, I don't know which one it is. It's one of the two. They either don't care that I'm on the phone or they don't remember. So anyways, I hid out in my truck to do this talk. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic. At least you had a space to go, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> you have to be creative, but we can usually find a little space. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Nikki, okay, friend. I'm so thankful that you would do this talk with me. Um, it was awesome that you were willing to spend a little bit of time on a Sunday afternoon to chat with me about this. And I think that it will be really helpful. It's fantastic. I really appreciate you reaching out to me to do this. I um, I told you before, and I'll tell you again, I'm I'm very grateful to have you in my life and to have you as one of my people as well. So um, hopefully this this touches somebody, reaches out to somebody. Um, and Shan, if you have any questions, feel if like anybody asks you questions, feel free to forward them my way. I have no issue answering them at all. Ah, uh, you're so great. I feel the totally same way about you too, Nikki. <laughs> we win. Yes. Awesome. All right, my friend. Until next time. Sounds good. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye, Nikki.